Let's turn to Matthew chapter 21. <clears throat> I was thinking while we were singing that last song, uh, drinking from the spring, the first verse we sung there about that, and at times when we're digging to put in a dam, sometimes we'll go down 30 feet, 30 feet or more, to cut off a spring in a gully so that it goes in the dam and not out. And um, when you're down there, sometimes you just say, OK, I'll taste the water. <laughs> in, in places like that, it seems to be coming out. Some are good and some are fouled. <laughs> some are not so good. It tastes like the dirt. But uh, we have found water, living water, at the fountain of life, the Lord Jesus, who has declared himself to be the living water. We go to Matthew 21. There are some people here majority of people they didn't didn't want the living water that the Lord Jesus was offering did they and they spurned the opportunity that they had to come to the fountain of life and receive this living water from the Lord himself <clears throat> Matthew 21 I'm just, uh, I studied from a different Bible. I'm looking in the wrong place. I know. The uh, two sons. Ah, oh, that's 20. That's why. Okay, we'll go to chapter 21, telling you to go there, and I'm not looking myself. <clears throat> yes, he rode into Jerusalem, and the traitors are dri driven out, and. Uh, the Lord is challenged. And verse 23, we'll go back a little bit further, verse 18. Now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree along the way, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves. The leaves only. And he said unto it, let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is a fig tree withered away? Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, If ye had faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. And when he was come into the temple, the chief priests and elders people came unto him as he was teaching and said, By what authority dost thou these things? And who gave thee this authority? And Jesus answered and said unto them, I will also ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, from where, whence was it? From heaven or from men? And they reasoned within themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he will say unto us, Why did you not then believe him? If we say from men, we fear the people, for they hold John as a prophet. And they answered Jesus and said, We cannot tell. And he said unto them, Neither I tell you by what authority I do these things. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and came to the first and said, Son, go to work in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and wept. And he came to the second and said the same. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Which of them twain did the will of his father? And they said unto him, The first. 
Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and ye believed him not, but the publicans and the harlots believed him, and ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward, that ye might believe. And so we have these things. I don't know that we'll cover all those, those thoughts tonight as we've looked from verse 18 and following. Uh, <clears throat> we noted last week the sign of the Lord foretold in his triumphal entry, the heralding of the Messiah, the hosannas to the, of the multitude, the hostility of the masters of Israel. So we look now at the sign of the fruitless tree. So the sign of the foretold triumphant entry because it hadn't happened and he said this is going to happen and now the sign of the fruitless tree in verse 18 let's pray thank you for your word heavenly father and may it be a blessing to us each tonight and may we have faith Lord there's lesson on faith here those that believed and those that didn't those that obeyed and those that didn't I pray, Lord, that we would be on the positive side of the ledger here tonight, that we'd be doing what you want us to do, your will in our lives, even when so many live by sight today. We might live by faith, having seen the promises afar off in the future. Wonderful blessings. And bless us as we consider and contemplate these thoughts tonight from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> So we have this sign of the fruitless tree. And the Lord came to the tree, as we read in verse 18, <clears throat> or coming to the tree. When was it that he came to the tree? Well, in Mark 11, in the story that we have before us in his account, it took place the day after the triumphal entry, not immediately at the same time in the same day, but before the cleansing of the temple. And so as you put all the gospel accounts together, you fit the order of events. Where it was? Well, it was near to the city, according to verse 18. They returned into the city. He hungered. So it wasn't far. What, about a mile and a half or two kilometers? And so he came near to the city. That's where it happened. And so where it was. Now, cutting a fig tree down in Israel was a crime. And it was deserving of death by God. It was serious business. You know, uh, fig trees, even in Australia, we, there's a fig tree out the corner here, and it just grows. <laughs> there, there, it seemed to be birds eat a fig and drop a seed, and off it goes. There's fig trees in many places. But you see, they provided fruit. They bore fruit, those fruit trees there, those fig trees bore fruit 10 months of the year, and they met the needs of the poor people. There wasn't social security. And they had nigh on three crops a year. It was only in April and May that they were barren. The first crop was in June, the second in August, and the third in September. So as he came past, he expected fruit. It was the right time of the year for fruit to grow. <clears throat> Why it was that he wanted fruit? Because he hungered. It's interesting that he was probably so busy in all that was going on in his spiritual life, in what was a, he was heading to the cross, this is the week of the cross, that he, he hungered and hadn't had time to stop and eat. Having stayed at Bethany, rising and heading to Jerusalem, he desired something to sustain himself. And what it was here, it was barren. 
Nothing but leaves. I've heard a sermon on that. Nothing but leaves. Can you imagine what sort of sermon would have been preached from nothing but leaves? And you sort of start thinking about it. How would you put a sermon together? Nothing but leaves. I should ask someone to come up and preach an extemporaneous sermon. <laughs> That's nothing but no preparation. <laughs> nothing but leaves. And you could think about that and you could get some points together, couldn't you? Am I nothing but leaves? What am I saying? What is it saying? All show, no substance, all outward, not inward. And you could talk about this and go on. This tree had nothing but leaves. And it should have had fruit. Uh, <clears throat> just leaves. It had an outward profession of vigorous life, but it was fruitless. That sort of can speak to us, can't it? We can, and we do, put on things outwardly, put on a show. We can dress up like a Christian. We can behave like a Christian. Nothing but leaves. You see, God knows the what? The heart. He knows inside. He knows what's going on. He knows you and he knows me. And sometimes on sun some Sundays we're nothing but leaves. Other Sundays we're more of substance. <laughs> and that's life. And we are challenged at different times in different circumstances. Now, <clears throat> report, recall the parable of the sower. We won't go back there, but there were four types of ground, wasn't there? And even in the good ground, there were three types or three quantities volumes of reaping 30 60 and a hundredfold and so we could be in any area in any point in our life we could have some some fruit but a lot of leaves we could have all fruit and few leaves we're putting it into that a hundredfold what are we are we like israel and this is where the lord was pointing this is what the lord was pointing at this is why he chose this tree to point out to Israel they are nothing but leaves. Nothing but an outward profession and had no inward reality of knowing God. Oh, they say, we are Israelites. <laughs> and we say, we are Christians. You see the, the teaching? And not all who are of Abraham's seed, it says in Romans, are God-believing Jews. <laughs> And not all Christians in churches are God-fearing Christians because it can be nothing but leaves. So are we like Israel, fruitless, a fruitless fig tree? <clears throat> Outward profession. Let's turn back to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. <clears throat> and just read this. It talks about the leaves. <laughs> Of the tree. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, but nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he does meditate day and night. About the Bible this morning, and, and mothers study the scriptures, share the word of God with your children. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in its season. And its leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Here's a tree with fruit and leaves. God wants both. You see, if we have the Lord, if the reality of the Lord is in our life, then there will be the fruit and there will be the leaves. 
but we could put it on and just show the leaves if we're putting it on. How are you doing? How are we measuring up? Are, are we hi hypocrites like the Jews of the Lord's day? And so the Lord was pointing a finger straight at them. And I, I think some of them got the point that he was trying to make to them. So the Lord's coming to the tree, verse 18 and 19. <clears throat> and then we have the Lord's cursing the tree, verse 19, the last part. And he said, let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. So when the Lord cursed it, it withered away. Presently is the word at once or on the spot. I mean, put on the spot. This tree was put on the spot and immediately it withered away. And while they were looking at it, just withered away. No summer sun needed. It withered away because of the curse of the Lord upon it. So see the action of the Messiah and the astonishment of the men as, uh, as they looked on. And when in verse 20, when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? This was symbolic, not vindictive. The Lord didn't do it, do it out vengeance for the fig tree. He turned the stones into bread if he wanted to. But it was symbolic. And the fig tree represents Israel. Let's turn to a, look, a few verses in Romans chapter 9 and verses 4 and 5. And then a few others in Romans. Romans chapter 9 verse 4 and 5. <clears throat> Who are Israelites? To whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and service of God and, and the promises? Whose are the fathers, and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, whose overall God bless forever. Amen. And go down <coughs> or over to chapter 10 and verse 2. We read there, For I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, all leaves, but not according to knowledge. No understanding of the reality of what they should be. In verse 21 of chapter 10, But to Israel he saith, All day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. Chapter 11, verse 1, I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. I also am an Israelite for the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. And so, you see, these people were making claim to who they were related to, what synagogue they were associated with. What spiritual truth God had given them. All these things they had been blessed with by God. But they were nothing but leaves. They had wandered so far from God's purposes that Christ cursed them. And he did so very literally in, in a few chapters in Matthew 23 where he pronounced them woes upon him. And so the astonishment of the men was the purpose of the Lord driving this home even to the disciples. These people, these your contemporaries are nothing but leaves. If you go out in Christendom today, a lot of Christendom is what? Nothing but leaves. The sh if, we, if we ever get round to putting a building up, do you think we should have stained glass windows? <laughs> Nothing but? You see? But you go to most churches and that's what they have. It looks like we've got a vote. We don't have to do that. <laughs> but uh, they look nice. <laughs> and sometimes they tell a message. If you, if you think and look at long enough, the message, some of the parables are in the stained glass windows, if you look at them. So in that, that they draw our attention to Scripture, they might be okay. But you see, a lot of it is for show. And I remember in an independent Baptist church, there was a, a church built and it was 
very high in a cold climate, and it was brick. It was solid. So what did you say? Freezing. Freezing. <laughs> it wasn't practical. It was nothing but leaves. It's nothing but show. And that's not what we should be about. It's, it's what's, what's on the inside. <laughs> Go once. The, heart, the throbbing heart of a group of people, which is the church. Because they're inside it. They're inside a building. That's the church. The, the building's not the church. It's a building. And nothing more. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, take it to heart and apply the truth. So the Lord cursed the tree. The Lord's comment on the tree in verse 21. And Jesus answered, said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to this fig tree, but also if ye shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. And here's another sermon. <laughs> Moving mountains. <clears throat> oh, it would be wonderful to be able to <laughs> imagine. You know, so when, I, when we go to a putting a dam in a gully, you see the size of the gully and it might be 50 metres wide at the top point of the bank and it's going to be shaped like that and it's going to have certain angles and then you look up the gully and you say well how much dirt do we need it all has to be under the water level and where we're going to get it from and so you imagine in your mind cutting that slice of dirt out that side and this side of the gully and putting it all in there and and how far do because you need to start at the right point because we don't have engineers to tell us we just think it and so you start but when that's all worked out and you figured where I start and how far back you go what would you be liking to pray? I'd like to be able to pray this. Be thou removed <laughs> from the side of the gully to the centre of the gully. But is that what the Lord is teaching here? No, it's not. Because there's other things that he stipulates when, re when in relation to the things that we face in life. <clears throat> because some people look at these verses and say, well, where's your faith? Why aren't things happening like this and things happening like that? So... <clears throat> The Lord's comment about the tree. The Lord did not now explain the symbolic significance of the cursing of the fig tree, but responded to the disciples' reaction to his cursing the fig tree. Uh, <clears throat> the ultimate scope of our power is seen in verse 21. The Lord used this as a lesson on faith. The operating principle here is faith. That's what he's trying to teach about faith. Israel had been founded on faith. If you go back to Genesis and the giving of the covenants, the giving of the Abrahamic covenant, it was by faith. Abraham left Ur of the Chaldeas and moved out by faith, not having seen the place to which he was going. And again, it's reiterated in Genesis 15, where the promise is given, the Abrahamic covenant is given again. Israel had been nurtured by faith. Remember, the, it was the prophet that there was all these enemies surrounding the city and the, Lord, the prophet said, open my servant's eyes that he might see the, by faith the, the army of the Lord protecting us. But Israel was nurtured by faith. It, it came into the land by faith. It took on the country that it didn't dwell in. And under Joshua's leadership, won battle after battle, and when they slipped in their faith and started stealing the goods from the camp, out of the enemy's camp, they, they were in trouble. They were nurtured by faith. They, uh, David, over and over again, won one after another battle by faith. Lift up me hands and hold them up. 
and uh, the victory will be won by faith. And you read 11, chapter 11 of Hebrews, by faith. The disciples were not to falter in faith, for faith can move mountains, as it were. Look, even, even an unsaved person, that a freelance journalist many years ago, you might remember, and she, I worked for her, and she'd come and wanted to do a, a thing about the preacher that drove the bulldozer. And um, she, her title, yeah, she's not a Christian, uh, mover of men and mountains. <laughs> and, uh, but that was Latorno, not me. <laughs> she didn't know Latorno, <laughs> who made the, the machines that did that. <laughs> but he, she was just, well, he moves dirt and he preaches the gospel, <laughs> is what she was, she was thinking. But <clears throat> the operating principle is faith in our life. To remove obstacles, God wants us to believe by faith. The overwhelming potential is seen, even as we read verse 21. Jesus said, I say unto you, if ye have faith and doubt not, and doubt not. This is what could happen. This is the potential that could happen. And I think most of us would think of George Mueller when we think of what can happen if a man has faith. How many of us would have all the orphans all sitting at the breakfast table, no food in the fridge, no food in the pantry, and give thanks for breakfast? The children would have been... <laughs> Maybe they were with Mr. Mueller, is it? And yeah, it's going to happen. Finish praying, knock on the door. What had broken down outside? The wagon, the wagon's wheel fell off. You know, the Lord often have the wagon wheel fall off that he might meet the servant's need, and that was met. And over and over again, that happened. And to build orphanage after orphanage, he, he prayed. And, and hey, people loved him praying for them <laughs> because the Lord heard. And you see, the, the, the potential is there. What could happen? You know, folks, we have an opportunity. We can pray for the salvation of souls in Israel. Missionaries over there. It's going to be hard. It's a hard slog. But, and, and I'm re reading in the Herald of Hope just this, this week, Brother Ecob was making mention, and, and he, he's where we are on this, that it's probably not going to happen until we go. But we, do we believe by faith it's going to happen? Do we believe the word of God that 144,000 witnesses are going to preach all around the world and millions upon millions are get, going to get saved? Yeah, well, if we believe that, then start praying that way. Because the Lord can use us after we've gone. The prayers can be answered. It doesn't have to be now. And, uh, and with what's happening over in Syria, that the, the Jews are going to be on, starting to get on edge. Because they know their Old Testament. A lot of them do. And a lot of them know about Ezekiel. And a lot of them know about Gog and Magog. And all this is happening right on their borders. And they, says, they start getting towy about it. And I would too, in such a small country with so so many enemies, so well-armed enemies as well. But God's going God's to bring them to the point where they realise they can't do it in their strength. You see, even the miracles that happened in 1967, the wars that Israel has fought and won. Yes, tomorrow, when they celebrate their 70th birthday, as a nation, what happened to the nation of Israel when they were first formed 70 years ago? Then in Tel Aviv, they declared, Ben-Gurion declared, that it was, we are a nation. <laughs> and in 
And immediately, what happened? All the Arab nations attacked them. This is the birthday of a nation. <laughs> and miraculously, they survived. And even in the 67 war, when they won that, and the, the Seven Day War, was it? They won against all odds when they were attacked. And they say, we did it. We did it. No, God did it. <laughs> Wake up, Israel. And one day they'll be put under such pressure in the near future that the army will come and they'll cry out to God. And God will deliver them. That's what the Bible says. And then they will say, God did it. You know, we have to get to... And <clears throat> the, by faith, they can, they'll cry out. And that will be... The potential is there, but God will do it when the heart is right. With them and with us. He has to bring us to that point that we know and understand we can't battle this, we can't conquer this, we can't... The Lord only can do this for us. It might be in our families, it might be in our church, it might be in our personal life, but God can do it, can't he? So the ultimate, unlimited scope of our power, in verse 21, and the ultimate source of our power, in verse 22, and all things whatsoever ye ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. Praying by faith, the broad general rule for prayer is given. This is conditioned, you see, all answers to prayer are conditioned on this very thing. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14. <clears throat> 1 John 5, 14. This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he, hear, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. There's some things here that we need to take note of. <laughs> the condition of answered prayer. What is it? One little word in that verse 14 that tells us something. That's a two-letter word. Uh, did you say if? Ask anything according to his will. According to his will. That's why we need to understand what the will of the Lord is, according to Ephesians chapter 5. We need to understand, you know, pray within the will of God. Now, going back to what we just talked about, is it the will of God that he's going to use the Jewish nation to evangelize the world in the future? It is the will of God. It is in the word of God. We can pray that and pray it earnestly. Is it God's will that all men get saved? He's not willing that any should perish. So the people in our local area, that's God's will. We can pray for that. Family members earnestly desiring but it's always in God's time isn't it and God's timing might not be now it might be wait until the future where these people will repent so pray earnestly by faith believing that he can answer it's qualified by just and reasonable limitations given in other scriptures listen to the other scriptures 
James chapter 4. Well, we're right near it. Let's go back to James 4. We're in John. Maybe you're still there. James 4, verse 2 and 3. We find this written. Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, ye cannot obtain, ye fight and war, yet ye have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, verse 3, ye ask and receive not, because you ask amiss, that you might consume it upon your lust. (laughs) See, if it's to get for me, selfish reasons of prayer don't get answered because they're not in the will of God. Ye have not because ye ask God, not and you ask amiss another reason for prayers not being answered in first corinthians 12 7 to 9 paul there said he besought the lord three times that he that he might be delivered of his infirmity affirmity that he had and the lord's answer to him the miracle working apostle was what my grace is sufficient for thee Most gladly, therefore, will I bear my infirmity, that the grace of God might be seen through me, working through me, and the work that I do is not mine, it's God's, and he gets the glory. (laughs) And it would have been very easy for Paul to get proud about what he had received, what he had done in his life. He was very sorry. He said he's the chiefest of sinners for what he'd done before he became a Christian. But after... I can hear men today, if they had done what Paul did, they'd be crowing all the way, wouldn't they? And, and, and God's not getting the glory when that happens. Man's getting the glory. God doesn't want that. In Luke chapter 22, verse 42, Father, the Lord said, if they'll be willing. And this is, this is the Lord Jesus praying. If they'll be willing, conditioned on the will of God, remove this cup from me. And that was the cup of suffering, the cup of dying on the cross. Now, if anyone's prayer could be answered, wasn't it the Lord Jesus, the Son of God? Did that cup pass from him? No, he drunk the cup to the last bitter end in dying for our, for our sins. Nevertheless, the Lord Jesus prayed. And if, I mean, remember who he is and who we are. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done so does that there's what we have to take it all don't we is what is said in james what is said in corinthians uh, what is said in matthew in regards to our prayer and it might be as i said before wait a while <laughs> wait a while and all things whatsoever you should ask in prayer believing ye shall receive and sometimes it's decades of waiting it might be a whole lifetime of waiting to get the answer but the lord will answer your prayer we'll stop there a bit early but if we go the next one we'll be a bit late <laughs> as, as we go in through that but i think it's a good challenge about prayer and that's not not the church <laughs> closing him prayer and faith nothing but leaves is there more substance to your christian life is there more depth than that young people is there depth is there a desire to study a desire to know the lord that i might know him in the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable to his death i pray there is and i pray there's a prayer prayers being offered too so here the lord switched from one to another to teach the disciples some lessons but he's going to get into really answering some of the questions a little in the parables the two parables that follow
Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Bless it to our hearts. May we go our way determined to pray earnestly for the will of God in our lives, in our life of our church and nation and our world, that you would do some marvellous and wonderful things as you crack open some hard nuts and hard hearts to bring yourself the glory. Lord, we cannot do it, but we can pray for you to do it. May you do it for your glory. Bless the work in Israel and may many who are handed tracks hear the word and may that potential for their salvation be right in their minds and hearts and they turn in the day of trouble, Jacob's trouble, to glorify you and recognize you as their saviour. What a wonderful day. And look forward to that and pray for it. Bless us now as we go our ways in Jesus' name. Amen.